What's up, everybody? It's your host, Aaron Mayo, a.k.a. the Millennial Black Dad. Welcome to another episode of the Millennial Black Dad podcast. This week, I got my boy, Nate Steen, back on with me. Uh, we're going to talk about a number of different topics, kind of jump around a little bit. Uh, as you know, I had him on last month. So, like I said, with my brother and Nate, uh, we're going to be doing recurring segments uh, about once a month where, again, we just kind of discuss random topics, kind of things that are on our mind, and um, just share our thoughts on it. So, uh, Nate, man, what's going on? Me back. I'm, I'm excited, man. Everything's yeah, good. That's what's up, man. Glad to have you back. Glad to have you back. And what did we decide on for the name? I know we, we kicked around, like, black and yellow, um, black guys with white names, um, <laughs> what, do you, what do you think? What do you think? Uh, I think? Let me see. What do we? I think we went black and yellow. Uh, yeah, yeah, black, black and yellow because you know the the yellow, the yellow man, yellow man reigns supreme over here. I'm trying to bring <laughs> us back. You know, it's just, just just me and Drake right now. But you know, we doing our thing. <laughs> yo, yo, you want to know some crazy shit, man? The last like couple weeks, like two black people have walked up to me and asked me if I was Mexican or like half Mexican or something. And I was like, yeah, I'm like, where, where are you getting that from? Black people don't... Hey, man, you you might want to leave that state. Man, <laughs> I mean, I don't trust nobody like that. Yeah, I just like, I, I'm like, I don't know where y'all, how y'all see that. Like, nah, man, that's no, no. But yeah, it's just like two, two, weeks, two <laughs> weeks in a row, randomly, people have walked up like, so are you mixed? Like, are you half Mexican? I'm like, no. <laughs> wow. Yeah, yeah. You should, one day you should just test out, just start speaking Spanish, go like, see. Right, right, right. That, <laughs> shit, that'll be the only. That'll probably be the only word I know, anyways. So <laughs> that's. What... But, you, but you know, but you know, we uh, we in that type of climate right now. We might not want to fuck around with that because they probably send your ass to to ICE. True. True. Start asking yeah. for green cards and shit. Exactly. We know we don't care. We don't care about social security card just for nothing. Right. <laughs> I got time to pick up your phone call with you crying and shit, talking about come get you from the border. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I'm trying to avoid that phone call at all costs possible. So no worries, no worries. But uh, speaking speaking of the cops, man, um, I know what uh, about uh, a week and a half ago or so, I wrote an article. Um, shout out to Coffee Tier Tequila, Christina Brown. Uh, I wrote an article for her website uh, about Bill Cosby. And basically, um, the if you haven't read it, the premise of the article was that Bill Cosby is not Heathcliff Huxtable. So, you know, um, Bill Cosby basically committed um, a bunch of heinous sex acts and is in prison now. And, um, you know, a lot of people tried to come to his defense talking about you know his character and things like that and i think that a lot of those people were coming at it like he was actually heathcliff heathcliff huxtable from the cosby show and and not for the actions that he actually committed so um i know you had some thoughts on that too nate so 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 what are your thoughts yeah you know it's funny you bring that up because i actually uh, a few days ago did a long post on on uh, instagram about that and and what sparked that was uh somebody I follow uh had who's like super militant, you know, pro black everything, uh had po- had reposted some some shit about 
you know, why Bill Cosby was being taken down and, mm. you, know, mm. you know, he wanted to buy NBC and all this bullshit. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I basically, I responded to the post. You know, it's a guy that I really enjoy following. I, you know, I hit him with some facts. And we did like a quick back and forth, you know, and I just, you know, you, you know me, man, when I'm arguing with people, like I, I give you the real, I'm not speaking out of emotion. Like I'm going to give you, you know, I'm going to hit you with straight facts right. to back up. My argument. Right. And I went back to it and he deleted my comments. Really? Yeah. And, you know, and it trips me out when people, you know, if you don't say something that aligns with their belief and this is not just for, because typically right now we're seeing that with, you know, Trump supporters and things like right. that. But the same goes for, for anybody, especially with black people. You know, if you if you don't agree with their beliefs, specifically with Bill Cosby, it's like they delete mm-hmm. you. They, they don't want to hear mm-hmm. about it. And um, those facts I hit them with, man, it's first, it's, you, you're dead on because you your article is exactly what I was talking about was this isn't Cliff Huxtable. Mm-hmm. This is Bill Cosby. Exactly. Exactly. You know, um, all we know is what these celebrities give us. What they sh- what they show. Exactly. We're not home. We're not home with them. Uh, even with you know the prevalence of social media, they still show us what they want us to see. Right. right? right. So, you know, and that's why I tell people like, look, man, here's the thing with Bill Cosby. One, he wasn't trying to buy NBC because NBC was never for sale. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't know where they keep pulling this bullshit. Yeah, I've I've, I've um, heard that too. I've heard that too. Yeah, NBC was never for sale. Like he did have an interest in it, but he wasn't going to get it. NBC hasn't been for sale since 1986 because uh, GE General Electric actually owns NBC, and they bought they bought it like majority shares 1986. Hasn't been up for sale at any point. So there was no way hell Bill Cosby was going to get NBC. So I don't know where people keep pulling that bullshit from. <laughs> yeah, too. That was in like 90, you know, this was like early 90s when he was entertaining that thought. So you're going to tell me now in the late, you know, in, the, in 2017, 2018, they trying to get revenge on him for some shit he was trying to buy in 92? Right, right. You know, that makes no damn sense. Um, also, in 2005, Bill Cos- there's actually an affidavit that Bill Cosby signed where he admitted to drugging women using um, using these drugs. What what was the drug uh, they used? Quaaludes. Um, quaaludes, yeah. He admitted to giving women quaaludes for, for the purpose of having sex with mm-hmm. them. And I challenge people, especially people listening to this right now who probably wrote, anybody who doesn't agree with me is probably rolling their eyes right now. I mean, this is on paper. Bill Cosby is on paper. All right. 2005 affidavit. He admits to it. Go look. Google Quaaludes. Look it up. See what it does to mm-hmm. you. You know, that that ain't no shit to make you feel sexy. <laughs> you know, niggas fuck on weed, you know, when they get drunk, get some Hennessy or something like that. But if you got to pass out to have sex with somebody, yeah. it's kind of rapey. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Very rapey. Just a little, extremely rapey. Yeah. Right. You know, and, and we, it, it's funny because as, as black people, we, it, you could tell us anybody else is a rapist, right? You know, um, what's, what's my name? Harvey uh, Weinstein. Right. 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 Um, new Supreme Court judge, Brett Kavanaugh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, they just came out and said he did some shit. They didn't even, you know, everybody's like, yeah, he's a rapist. He, you know, we should withdraw his nomination also. You got this man 
you know, we we can we want to prosecute, you know, we want to prosecute them, but because we got this TV dad everybody grew up with, and that's we the beloved personality of who we think we know, right. you know, we go to bat for him, and you know, and I'm kind of confused by the whole thing because I go, do you want do you want justice? Because we have the you know the Me Too movement. Do you want justice, or do you want him just, or do you want him to get away with it? Right. right? right. Do you want him to get away with it like white people have been getting away with stuff? Or do you actually want justice? Because if you truly want justice, then he's going to have to fall on that sword. Yeah. Uh, it, and it don't matter, black, white, Hispanic, whatever. Rape, sexual assault, it is what it is. Yeah. I'm sorry, man. I, don't, I ain't riding with Bill Cosby. I love, and I love the Cosby show. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's like one of the top five greatest TV shows of all time. Yeah. And I don't give a fuck. He raped. He, he raped people. Right. Yeah, right. Like this. This isn't. Uh, it's not entertainment. This isn't acting. This is real life. This is. Exactly. This is him admitting to it. Like you said, I saw an interview he did. He was on Larry King Live, where he, he like he basically admitted it on there too. Said you know you you, you pop them in their drinks and uh, there were, he, he he had a whole saying for it and Larry King even knew the saying. So like. It, it obviously was a common practice within their circles, um, right? Which I mean, you know, that just—that's Hollywood, right? Man. That's right. That's what they do. This is a power thing. This control thing. And a, another aspect of the story that really gets on my nerves when when people talk about, you know, we start victim blaming. Mm-hmm. You know, well, one they talk about the women's looks, how ugly mm-hmm. they are. Like, like first of all. Every dude got a got a body that they ain't proud of. Uh, so, <laughs> so let's start. Let's stop talking about looks. Like everybody is out here, like knocking down models, right? And you know, but also, you know, I keep seeing this rhetoric about well, they went to his dress room and they went over his house, his hotel. Like they knew what it was. They knew what they were there for. Like, why do you have to go to somebody's room or go hang out with somebody? And and expect to have sex with them, like, or assume that you're gonna have to have sex. Yeah, right, right. You know, yeah, yeah. that's like that's kind of jumping to an extreme, right there. Yeah, you know, we're in this we're in this rape culture now, where it's, it's victim blaming. It's, uh, you know, when, well, women need to know, what, you know, what they're getting into. Like, how about you just not rape somebody? Yeah, exactly. How about you not sexually assault somebody? It don't matter if they. My my dad told me. At, we had the talk, the father-son talk. We had the talk at age 12. And the first thing my dad said to me, I'd swear on everything, you know, shout out my, my father, uh, Pastor Sneed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my father told me, he said, don't, he said, don't you ever take no pussy. That was his word. <laughs> he, said, he said, don't take anything that you could easily go down the street and pay for. Mm. Mm. You know, mm. so like we're we're in this we're we're in this day and age where it's like we we hope we gotta hold the women accountable for what they wear, who they go see, what time they go somewhere, uh, you know, what location they go. It's like this, just don't right. Yeah, yeah. If she if she want to go, she gonna go. Right. right. Yo, it's crazy. I saw this uh, um, post on Instagram. Basically, it was like um, it was a class. And like uh, the the teacher of the class like had had uh, the the men 
come up and was like, okay, you know, when you leave your house, what do you do to protect yourself from a sexual assault? And like, you know, the men just kind of like looked at each other, like, you know, didn't really say anything, couldn't, couldn't really come up with anything. So after like a couple, couple seconds of silence or whatever, he was like one of them, like uh, muttered something. Then a couple more seconds passed. Another one kind of like said a joke. And then, you know, a couple more seconds passed or whatever. And then they all came to the realization, like, we really don't have to do anything. Um, And then he turned the question over to the women. And there was like a list of like 30 things that they listed they have to do before they, you know, things like, you know, don't run at night. Um, You know, check the back seat when I get in my car. Just like crazy stuff that like, you know. Yeah. Us as men don't really think about or don't really have those words. Um, so yeah, it's it is, man. It's a it's a scary uh, scary thought that that those are some of the things that women have to deal with. Um, and and then on top of it, then you got people, you know, drugging you and and right. questioning your character and all types of other stuff. Um, it's uh, yeah, it's 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 a scary time. Yeah, it it is, man. And we, you know, we really need, as men, we have to teach other men. One, we have to teach the younger men, you know, and help them understand consent. And it's sad that a lot of people don't even know really what consent is. And then, and we have to check our, our peers, you know, and our own, you know, people that are our age who think, you know, who think that shit is funny or, you know, who think they're think they are you know owed something that you know it, it's not right like it makes you a criminal makes you a, a rapist makes you a sex offender and it's like if you if you can't get it you know off of gp i mean yeah, you look at yourself. Yeah. Move on, brother. yeah yeah i mean if, if she ain't willing to give it then that, that's on you play yeah, right yeah exactly Go hit the gym or something. Get them pimples off your face. Get that proactive. Yeah, yep. just I mean, there's there's there, what they say other, other fish in the sea. Like no no yeah. no sense in dwelling on something or resorting to those type of measures. Like there's no Look, no reason. Keep swiping right till you find a match. Exactly right. Like I mean, there's there's plenty of stuff out here now. Like and 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 there's more women than men in society anyway. So you know. Uh, all those spells, there's back page. Exactly, you know. <laughs> that there there's the uh, the dating site, there's uh, other things. Jump on those. Um, you know. Yeah, Christian Mingo, E Harvey, like Exactly. They 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 got them for for all your, your little fetishes and things you're into also. So like even even if you're, you know, uh, a different type of person, like you, you can find you can find one for yourself. Man, look, I seen the video of this dude. Laying naked with a door on top of him with his dick sticking <laughs> through a hole, <laughs> and this girl was jumping up and down on the door, oh jumping on this dude. Dick. Yeah. So, if he could get somebody, yes. <laughs> anybody yes. could get somebody. Yes, there's no need for any desperation out here at all. <laughs> <laughs> wow. wow! Yeah, man. Internet is scary, bro. It really is. It really is. So, um, I guess from there we'll we'll make the smooth transition over to uh, <laughs> over to uh, to music. Yeah. Um, so, 
I, I know uh, one thing that, that I'm interested in always is like, you know, people's top artists or top songs. Um, so this week, uh, what I, what I want to talk to you about is, is your top five albums. Um, okay. So why don't you start? What What are your top five albums? Don't necessarily need to be in order, but your okay. oh no, it, it's easy because I I got a a solid five that's like it's nearly unshakable, <laughs> especially with the type of music that come out. I mean, I, I like a lot of music out now, but people don't make good albums. Anymore. Yeah, you, know, you get like, the occasional here and there. You get the occasional dope stuff. Like I truly feel like there hasn't been like there used to be classics coming out so much and now I feel like the last class I mean I think Kendrick Lamar uh the damn I think that shit was classic damn really see it yeah I think damn is is something like when you go because that and good kid mad yeah, city yeah you know if I had to pick one I'll probably go good kid mad yeah, like me too you know as far as something that's going like I feel like is a true like Classic hip hop, like Banger, great album, just everything, lyrics, beats, everything's on point. Yeah. Um, because before that, I felt like the last truly classic album before Good Kid Mad City was uh, the documentary, you know, Game. Mm, wow, that's a gap right there. Uh, yeah, huge gap, huge gap. Because before documentary came out, I thought the last one before that was, was Get Rich and Die Trying. Mm. Uh, you know, so. You know, it just fizzles out. And now it's just like, you know, everybody's saying the same shit, man. You look at World Star, you can swap out anybody. You know, you throw anybody, pick a beat and throw anybody on it, and they will say the same shit over and over and over. So people just making music for the sake of making music. Motherfuckers ain't really, you know, looking at the art of it. But I mean, to go back to your question, now these, the albums I named, these aren't what I would. I'm just gonna say like, oh, these are the top five greatest albums ever. These are like my personal, my favorite, my top five favorite yeah. albums. Okay, yeah. like this is what I'm gonna listen to no matter what. Um, no particular order. Uh, number one, Jay Z, Reasonable Doubt. Mm. Mm. That one, Jay. Everybody know me. Know Jay is my favorite artist of all time. Like he, I ain't gonna say he can't do no wrong because he did make Kingdom Come, <laughs> but. <laughs> um. uh, that was a violation of everything sacred. There was there but, was a couple couple tracks on there, but yeah, that was um, yeah. We, and when you say a couple, we literally mean a couple. Two. Yeah, for real, for real. But yeah, reasonable doubt is just like it's just it's a masterpiece, man. It's just it was reason about reasonable doubt was the this is the first time I think when you heard. Because usually people used to tell stories, you know, about hustling. Uh, it was almost told from like an actual story, like fictional, or it was told from like a third party point of view. You know what I'm saying? Uh, with reasonable doubt, what was dope about it, it's like it was you truly feel like it was his story, and it wasn't just bragging. It was like this is what I got. This is the shit I had to go through to get through it. You know, this is the shit I regret. I lost friends. I you know, people died over this. You know, I'm, you know, afraid for my life, my family. Like, it was just, it was like this beautiful, like, cautionary tale that I, like, I fell in love with when I first heard that album, man. And I still played it. I just played, like, two days ago when I was in the car. Um, yeah. Uh, 
Next one is Outcast AT Aliens. Mm, okay. Okay. Um, I don't care what nobody say. That is their best album. I I know Equimini is dope. I know Southern Playlistic is dope. I absolutely hate Speaker Box Love Below, so fuck y'all. Oh. y'all like that. <laughs> I, that's, the album that won them a Grammy, I think, is their most trash album. Like, it is out of five. It's, to me, it's like a two and a half, maybe a three on a great day. I actually, uh, I actually like Love Below. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. It, Love Below has some good songs, but like, just as a, a total product, like, it's just. It, it just wasn't for mm. me. I think that was their, I think that was their worst, their worst album. Mm. Uh, mm. Yeah, ATL is just like when people say, you know, give me a someone. Anytime somebody's ever asked me, name my album right now. You can play front to back. Don't skip it. First thing I always say is ATL. Mm. Okay, like, it's like organized noise production was like flawless. Big Boy and Drake. Big Boy is actually my favorite member of. About cast and a lot of people, you know, put Andre 3000 in their top five MCs and all stuff. Big Boy is like my favorite one because he's just like he just spits so much real shit. Um, you know, we Big Boy is the only dude I know that can say safer than snake on eggs in the B May 140. Like <laughs> you have to play that shit. Man. Like what? Like cooler than a pair of toenails. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like what makes you think of some shit like? Yeah, that? right. But right. um, yeah, but ATL is just is just cold. Um. Then I got uh, UGK riding dirty. Ooh, okay. okay. I, I'm gonna tell you this: the South dominates my top five. Uh, yeah, I see. I see. There's a theme here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, just because you know, growing up in Chicago, like we get hit with everything from you know, it was one on the East Coast because I know you, you know, you was born in New York. Yeah. Um, you know, wasn't on the East Coast. So it wasn't like I just got nothing but East Coast exposure, or just West Coast, or just South. Like we got. We got hit from all angles, yeah. and it used to be a radio station called 106 Jams. Um, and then I think, and there was another one that Kennedy King College used to uh, play only on the weekends, and it was all unedited, but they would play any and everything, mm. you know. So that's, and then by me buying a bunch of source magazines, double XL, and all that, um, I would literally buy some, I would see an ad for an album, and I would buy some shit because I thought the album couple was. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, or oh, I would buy an album like if some if somebody was featured on a song I like from somebody yeah. else I would buy their yeah. album. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, UGK Ryan Dirty. You know, last time last time I was on the uh, on the podcast and we talked about like bringing back you know dead rappers and all that shit. And I told you, you know, my my love for Pimp C. Right. Um, UGK Ryan Dirty is just amazing. It's like it's it's one of the top five. Like it's probably top three best southern albums ever arguably number one mm. um but but yeah it's that shit is just so smooth musically like that penalty production on there uh the lyrics they were both killing lyrics uh you know before bun b fell off um yeah if y'all, if y'all disagree with me disagree with me on that fight uh, <laughs> uh but yeah like it was it was ridiculous like they they had everything people a lot of people don't understand how dope UGK is as far as their storytelling and their subject matter. Because they just think Pimp C's is... They just think they all talk about like hoes and, and guns or something. Right. Like They have right. messages throughout like every song. Um, yeah, so UGK, Ryan Dirty. Uh, and then uh, this is going to be weird. I already know you're going to laugh at this. 
So, uh, Master P, the last die. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm going off the deep end on this. This is like personal, personal, personal favorite, right? Um, and because last nine was a double disc. Okay. Okay. In my opinion, in my weird ass opinion, the last nine was the best double disc album in hip hop. Mm. Okay. I'm talking about better than Life After Death. Ooh. Better than All Eyes on Me. <laughs> Who else had double this? Damn sure better than Blueprint too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Um like if you were a P fan or no limit fan back then, like that whole album was every song was perfect, every beat was perfect. I could like I literally I can listen to it now like I could just throw it on shuffle and let it play because I know every song is gonna be cold. Damn. Okay. Every last song is gonna be dope. Um, yeah, it was just like it was a flawless album. Like it was the best. It was the best thing MSP ever made. Yeah. And, and I remember when it came out, he was saying like he was retiring, you know, and motherfucker like ten albums later still rapping, but. But I was like, yo, if you gonna go out, this was the perfect way to go out. Cause it was like for me, it was absolutely perfect. It's the best no limit album ever. Like that's just me though. That's just me. Because we're yeah. talking about personal favorites. Yeah. And then um hey, he had he had the movement though. I remember I had the, the tank hat. Oh wow. I didn't even do all that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you go ahead and hold that one. Yeah, I ain't do all that, but uh but I had everything, like damn near every No Limit album that came out. And then once, you know, you, you know, years later, once you're able to start downloading music, I literally downloaded the entire No Limit catalog, uh, like two years ago online. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, and then my last one is the Chronic. Chronic. Okay. Yeah. Chronic. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, the Chronic is my all-time favorite album. All time. Okay. Like all all-time favorite album, the Chronic. Um. Is, and I love it because I hear something new every time. Like, you listen to the production, like, the instrumentation on it. Like, I hear a new instrument every time. Like, every time I listen to it, I hear a new instrument, and then I hear the song differently, and I start focusing on that particular instrument. Like, mm. um, like Little Ghetto Boy, uh, yeah. when I first heard it, I used to listen just to the guitar riffs on there. The and... I would always focus on that and I would listen to, you know, and I would listen to Nate Dogg's harmonizing on it. Mm. And then like I would go back to it and then it was like he has this badass like flute on there. And like it's like a it's like just the the flute's playing in the background like real subtle and then it gets louder at the end like as the song goes off and there's no more lyrics and it's just focusing on the actual the actual instrumental. It's like it's just it's a masterpiece. Um Dr. Dre uh What's the song Let Me Ride? That's my that's actually my all time that's my all time favorite uh rap song. Let me ride. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that goes. Yeah. yeah. That's my that's my favorite rap song like ever. Mm. But yeah, Chronic Man was just crazy. Like everybody was crazy. And it was a young, hungry death row. Yeah, like everybody was everybody was starving, trying to make their way, man. It, that was the make or break. It was either it was like if this album don't pop, we we all done. Right, you know, yeah, you, I mean, and that was that was Dre's um, first kind of parlay into solo act too. Yeah, that was his first solo joint. So you got Hungry Dre, you got Snoop, 
Dog Pound, mm-hmm. Warren G. You got Nate Dog in there. You got Lady of Rage. Like it would like come on. Like, come on, man. Like that was that it was just fucking it was just amazing. Uh it was just amazing to me. So yeah, but yeah, that, yeah. that's my right there. I okay. was a little long with it, but you know, I get passionate about that shit. But yeah. yeah I like it. I, 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 you you gave me so like yeah, some of those albums, like I'm not even gonna lie, like I, I haven't even heard. Like, and I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you a sleeper. It's another Southern album, okay, and it's another No Limit album as a sleeper fit. But a lot of people have have probably never listened to it. It's C C Murder's uh first solo album, Life or Death. Okay. So, you know, if y'all listening, if y'all don't know who C Murder is, Master P brother, yep. Life Life or Death is uh. Banger, like if you got if you got Spotify a title whatever, like that shit's on there. Play Life or Death, and and like just try not to let your speakers pop. <laughs> I challenge you not to nod your head like that. That was I almost replaced Last Don with Life or Death. Honestly, Damn. okay, nah, yeah. that's what's up. Yeah, you gave me gave me some uh, albums to listen to. Yeah, so, I got I got plenty I got plenty more I could name off, but that was my five strongest. I mean, if y'all ain't listen to, you know. Project Pat first two albums or oh yeah yeah you know three six yeah 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 three three, three, six like there's so there's so much gold out there that people don't really listen to that if they listen to it like especially you know younger people especially like teenagers and all this shit y'all listen to some of the old stuff then you'll you'll see where your favorite rappers got their style from and where they got their production techniques from yeah yeah they should man they need to get an appreciation. For yeah. for where it is now, I feel like that's a, like our generation at least. Like I know my parents, like especially my dad, like played a lot of music around us, and a lot of it was from his generation. So I, yeah. you know, I feel like that gave me a respect for his generation, and, and also kind of allowed me to um, embrace what was coming out during my generation, but still also have a respect for what came before it. Like absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm anxious to hear what, what you got to say because you you know you got some good musical taste. So except, <laughs> except for the speaker box level below, but, <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting to hear yours. All right, all right. So my top five, and again, not not in any particular order, um, but like these are just albums that I know at any time, like I can throw them on, pretty much listen to them front to back. Um, probably know every single song on the album, like, you know, and, and almost no, no skips at all. So, um, I'm gonna start with my first one. And, um, I've actually, I've I've been doing a lot of thinking, like, you know, when I, when I talk about like, and I think about like my top five rappers and things like that, you know, I always Mm -hmm. think like, all right, you know, uh, Notorious B.I.G., Jay-Z, um, you know, um, I'm not, I'm not going to name off all five of them, but, like one person who always is is there in my mind, but I never really put him in my top five is Eminem. And um, when I think back on like when I really, really was getting into rap and like a lot of the rappers who I was really like looking for and like I really liked, Eminem was really one of those rappers who like when I first heard him, like I, my yeah. first reaction was just like, yo, like who is this? Um, like um, Slim Shady, you know, when I saw that video on MTV, uh, it was just so, yeah, man, it was just crazy, just so out there, like some some crazy white guy rapping better than like 
almost a lot of these other rappers like you know he not only had like the the the, the crazy stick for going for him but like he can actually spit too um yeah. so you know uh i went out you know i bought um uh his first album was at the slim shady lp and mm-hmm. Um, you know, played that religiously front to back. So when the second album came out, Marshall Mathers LP, um, that actually was the first album that I actually like pre-ordered, like had it shipped to the house. Like the day it came out was like, I was ready for it. Um, and I, I lived up to my expectations, man. So like the Marshall Mathers LP is, is in my top five. Um, Eminem, like, just again, kind of looking back on it, really kind of was one of those rappers, like I said, when I first kind of like really started getting into rap, like he was definitely one that stood out my mind. And it kind of t- took me to kind of think about this and then go back to those albums and then some of the albums that came after it um, to really kind of come to that conclusion. Uh, and, and, and really, I think what, what made me kind of exclude him was the albums that came after, um, what was that? Uh, the Eminem show. Um, yeah. Like I felt like all the yeah, you know, I felt like I, yeah, yeah. I, I I agree, man. Like I felt like up to the Eminem show, like he was holding it down. Like each all those records, you know, you can pretty much go through playing front to back. They're all pretty dope. And then yeah. after that, it, it was you'd get a song here and there. But, like, he wasn't really coming with it like that. And I, I listen to Kamikaze. Um, it's it's not bad. I like it. Um, yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, that's kind of where I think the disconnect was because I, I just felt like he kind of fell off for a number of years. But, yeah, Kam- Kamikaze was a good rebound, and, and hopefully he, he keeps coming with it. You know what, what's sad with Eminem is, like, it, I hate saying it, but it's like once he stopped doing drugs, mm. it's when the music got bad. Yeah, 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 you know? yeah, yeah. It's, it's like like Mary J. Blige. Like I don't like listening to Mary J. unless she's like going through misery in her life because <laughs> when she when she happy, her music is whack. But yes. you know when she's on the verge of a nervous breakdown, like man, throw Mary in the studio real quick. Let's get an album going. Like like R. Kelly, man, he was. R. Kelly was on point when he was ro- when he was roaming them high school hallways. That's how we got you. <laughs> and he got caught up. Uh, right, right. You know, yeah, exactly. I mean, it, yep. it's like when you get caught, when you stop doing the things that you love, <laughs> the, yeah. the outside stuff, or when you got things that break from your normal routine that give you the inspiration, it's like you, you fall off. Yeah. R. Kelly's teenagers, Eminem's yeah. drugs. Yep. Uh, Mary Mary J's relationships, yeah, uh, yeah. Tiger Tiger Woods mistresses, like <laughs> that one thing that sparks greatness. And you know, sadly, I think Eminem, drug free Eminem, just isn't as interesting. Right, right, right. You know, yeah, I think you're right. You're right, and um, and 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 happy Eminem too. Like you know, as unfortunate <laughs> as that sounds, like that that was a part of what I like was that he was just like, yeah. You know, un- unhappy, coming at everybody like didn't give a fuck. Just like whatever, like here I am, come come and get it. And then you know, if somebody did try and come after him, like it it wasn't gonna end well for them. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, 
But anyway, so uh, I go from the Marshall Mathers LP over into the Jay Z catalog. Um, so I, I know yours was Reasonable Doubt. Uh, mine is actually the Blueprint. Good choice. You can go either one. Yeah, yeah. man. Yep. Yeah, I love Reasonable Doubt. Um, but yeah, I just like the Blueprint uh, a little bit more. Um, I just think it's it's just you know dope album. Uh, in my opinion, Jay Z's best album. Uh, like I said, I, I do, I do really like Reasonable Doubt. Uh, I remember, like I, I came on to that a little bit later. Like I, I, yeah. I, I heard the Blueprint. I heard uh, Life and Times of Sean Carter Volume Two was really the album that made me like become a, a huge Jay Z fan. Um, and then uh, once I got a little bit older, uh, I went out and I bought Reasonable Doubt, and I was like, oh, okay, this is this is dope. This is real dope. Um, but yeah, no, nah, the, the blueprint is, is my favorite. Um, again, it's just one of those albums that front to back, uh, I can play. I know I can always go back to it. Uh, brings back good memories. Um, just love the album. Love that. Album. And you know, if you want to know the weird thing, I actually feel like blueprint is Jay-Z's best album. Mm. Mm-hmm. I just like, I, it's like, I know that's his best album. Yeah, but I yeah. just like Reasonable Doubt more. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. Reasonable Doubt. I mean, just you know, I mean, he had Mary J on that album. He had yeah. on that album. Like, yeah, you can't even pull that off. Like, who else could have pulled that off? Like, like your debut album when you was really only local because, like, he was really just a New York dude that people yes. knew. Yeah, and you came out with Jay and with with uh, Biggie and Mary J. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. So, um, good choice, good choice. I'm gonna go from the blueprint over to 50 Cent, um, and his debut album, Get Rich or Die Trying. Um, man, so classic. I, yeah, a classic album. And like, the reason this made my top five is <laughs> I actually bought this album three times. Oh, um, wow. <laughs> yeah, so I bought it originally, like. Obviously, like, played the shit out of it, loved it, lost it. Uh, liked it so much, I went and I bought it again. Um, same thing, played it, loved it, lost it. Went out and bought it again. Um, so that right there tells me everything I need to know. The fact that I was willing to buy the album three times because I liked it so much. Yeah. Um, and obviously, this is before you could stream and, and, and download stuff. Uh, so, yeah, I was going out and I was spending my whatever it was, $10, $15 on the album and buying it again uh, because I liked it that much. You know, um, what, you know what else that lets me know? What's that? Never to let you borrow shit. Because- <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. I, I, you know, I, I lost my whole CD case at one point, too. Uh, so, like, that's how I lost it. You know, <laughs> yeah, bro. Like, that was a, that was a big L, too, because, you know, I had to had some albums in there, man. So yeah, I had to try to like. There's no worse pain than losing the whole CD case. I was... <laughs> man, yeah, man. So I had to go back and try to like rebuild the collection. Yeah, um, but hey, for some somehow speaking of speaking of Jay Z though, I have in in my CD case now. I have like I think three copies of the Life and Times of Sean Carter Volume Two somehow. <laughs> um, but I I know for sure I've only bought one. So I don't hey, know. That's all right, because 
I for somehow somehow I ended up with three copies of Lil John Crunk Juice, and I don't know why. <laughs> like, I literally have the original, and I have two burned copies that I've never burned. But yeah, that's hilarious. It just, yeah, it, it happens that way. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I'm not complaining. They're, no. they're there. They're there. <laughs> um. So yeah, get rich or die trying. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I'm gonna go from there over to Notorious B.I.G. And um, right there, I already know. Ready to die, man. Ready <laughs> to die. Um, just love it, it. That album, um, kind of like when you talked about Reasonable Doubt. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel a lot of the way I feel about Reasonable Doubt the, uh, about this album as well. Um, just man, he he just came out and um, like. I I just loved every single song on this album, and like just just Biggie's like his his style and um, his flow, his delivery, like everything. Like this made me such a big fan of his, um, and I just think like it's it's just a, a great piece of work. Um, so yeah, that's that's why this is in my top five, and. My last one um, to switch gears totally actually is um, is the Weekend Trilogy, uh, which I know is a... The, the Weekend Weekend? Yeah. Like Pineapple yeah. Head Weekend? Wait, who? who? The Weekend, like, Pine- pi- like Pineapple Head Weekend? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. You've never heard Trilogy before? Is it... No, I've heard... Uh... What was it? House of Balloons. Oh, okay, that's that's off of the trilogy album. Okay. So which one has um, Wicked Games? That's that's trilogy. Okay, all right. Yeah, I can get with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. Um, it's 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 a triple album. So I mean, I don't know if that's if that's cheating or not, but um, it's 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 a classic, man. Like this, this is. I feel like the weekend at his best, like just in his in his element, um, talking about just in the, uh, just drugs and women and and just part. I I I honestly like I feel like the weekend. His voice is very comparable to Michael Jackson's, in my opinion. Extremely. That's why some some people actually hate him because of that, and, and that's why I like him. Um, but I feel like he is the R-rated Michael Jackson, which is another reason why I like yeah. him. Because, because like he he just says like whatever, but he he's he sounds like Michael Jackson. So like him saying it just sounds like acceptable, um, regardless, <laughs> regardless, <laughs> regardless of what he's saying, um, just because of how he's saying it. Like, like um, if Mike had stayed in Gary, Indiana, he'd be the weekend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, exactly, exactly, yes, exactly. Um, but yeah, nah, this, this really like, uh, this was, this is the weekend's, this is his classic album to me. Um, and like, I know now he's more kind of in the mainstream. Um, man, I hear, I go into stores now and I hear weekend songs, and, and I'm like, man, like, I just think about this album, and I'm like, if y'all have heard this album, like, 
y'all wouldn't play any tracks from this album in, in your store. Like, I already know that. Because um, he's he's so relatable, man. Like, you, like The Weeknd is one of them dudes where, you know, like, when you hear, when you're in a certain mood and you hear a song that's, like, totally relating to your mood and you damn near start making your own music video in your head. Right, right, right. Yeah. You just stare, yeah. you at the light and you staring at your own eyes in the, in the rearview mirror and shit, like, upset yes. about life. Like, that's The Weeknd yes. right there. Like, he really, yes. he hits you in the heart. You know, as a singer, like speaking for men and like the shit that goes on in our heads, yeah, I for real. I fully yeah. endorse this choice. Excellent choice. That's that's my guy, man. Yeah. That's my guy. And uh, yeah, that that rounds out my top five. Um, so yeah, I like it, man. Like I said, uh, some of those albums you mentioned, I have not heard. So I'm gonna make a point to to go listen to those, add those to my collection. I'm always looking to 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 find new music, um, especially now since like a lot of this new stuff I hear, like I just don't really have time for it. I don't yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I'm I'm always happy to go back and and find some classics. Yeah, man. Um, I'll give y'all for you, just everybody listening right now. My new album, uh, I got like a like an album of the moment mm. right now, and. Uh, this dude I had never heard of. My cousin actually put me on call. His name is Polyester the Saint. Huh. Okay. Polyester the Saint. What? Uh, West Coast. And okay. his. In fact, I am on my phone looking it up right now. I'm on title right now. Polyester T H E Saint. Yeah. Okay. Polyester the Saint. Uh-huh. His, the album is called um, Yeah, uh, American Muscle. It's called American Muscle 5.0. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. I mean, he got a song called Bury Me in My House Shoes, and that shit is like the dopest thing I've ever heard. Oh, yeah. Uh, Bury Me in My House Shoes. And, yeah, so, like, that. that's like a dude that apparently I didn't even know I've heard his music and heard his production and didn't even know who he was, but I was just familiar with it. So, yeah, y'all need to get on that. Oh, and, dude, that me and you both, you know, are one of our personal favorites, Currency. Mm. Um, that, mm. that, that new joy, Fire in the Clouds, is like perfection. That's the best. I told people that is the best project Currency has ever made. Ooh, his, most recent, his most recent one, Fire in the Clouds, is the best album Currency has ever made flawless i even went on ig and tagged him like 20 times to tell him this like <laughs> mm, mm, okay yeah i was just thinking um i haven't heard anything from currency in a while so uh i didn't even know he had come out with a new project so yeah i'll definitely yeah i'll definitely be looking for that yeah de- definitely check for that it's been out for uh, like two maybe three weeks now but it's really? yeah, it's amazing it's okay. amazing okay yeah for sure i'll definitely check that Definitely check that. So um, I know uh, the last thing we wanted to talk about is uh, we're basically right now, to as we're recording this, um, it's October 11th. Uh, the NBA season starts uh, six days from now, October 17th. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little bit earlier than usual. Usually the season starts uh, around Halloween. So uh, starting about two weeks earlier this season. Um, Which I appreciate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have no problem with that. Um, I yeah. know the, a big emphasis 
for the NBA is trying to get the players more rest in between games. Um, so I, I know that's kind of some of the reasoning behind it. Start a little earlier, space some of the away games out. I know the all-star break now, uh, they have more days off during the break to, to just kind of recuperate, get their bodies ready for the second half of the season. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm all for it. Um, but with that being said, uh, I know that, uh, it's always kind of fun to uh, start the season talking about where we think players might end up, like who might win the MVP, who might yeah. win the rookie of the year, you know, that type of thing. So, um, you know, I guess we can kind of go back and forth, but um, let's start with MVP. Okay. So, um, in your opinion, who, who who's your favorite this year in the league to, to come away with the MVP? Well, uh, I think the MVP comes out the East this year, first of all. Yeah, I, I agree uh, with you there. You know, a lot of predictions right now, a lot of the prognosticators, as they call it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a lot of predictions, uh, a lot of people are saying LeBron James, mm-hmm. uh, which, which I don't believe is going to happen because I don't believe the Lakers will be higher than the seventh seed. Mm. Okay. So, okay. And no one seventh AC gets an MVP. Right, they, right. So I've, now, my, my MVP is a toss-up because I believe it's, it's based on whoever finishes first. Okay. Okay. And and when I say whoever finishes first, for me, it's going to be either Boston or Philly. Okay. Okay. And if it's Boston, the MVP is going to be Kyrie Irving. Yeah. If it's Philly, it's going to be Joel Embiid. Mm. Okay. Those are my picks. But if like if you hold me to the fire, if I got to pick one, I'm gonna I'm going to say uh, Kyrie Irving is going to uh, if he if he's healthy, he played the whole season. It's going to be Kyrie Irving. Okay. Okay. He he was he was a you know he was a monster you know before he had you know before he had his surgery yeah you know he he was killing it Boston was killing it. and it, and it's a testament to how great Boston is too because look what they did without him I know and right. how far how far they went right um, right but yeah but if he's if for any reason they're not first or if he's off you know because of injury or something can't play. Then it's definitely gonna be Joel and Beat. Like nobody's as efficient as this dude. This dude averages like, like, tw- like twenty three and, and ten, and like assists and blocks and shit. And he played like like twenty minutes a game. You know, like, yep. you know. So, but in Crazy. the event that Kyrie can't go, it's gonna be Joel. But my number one pick is gonna be Kyrie Irving. Okay. All right. I like that. I like that. I actually saw um, Candace Parker probably, came out. You probably gonna say why. <laughs> no, nah, actually, you know, so, so, all right. So I um kind of went through the whole sort of uh, thinking that you did too. So like I originally started, I came up with a list of five people who I thought would be in the conversation to win MVP. So like I wrote down Anthony Davis, um, but say, yeah, I mean, he's, he's, I mean, sick. Like I remember there was a point, Last season, I want to say like a ten game stretch where he averaged like forty five and, and and twenty rebounds yeah. a game. Like, yeah, yeah, he was ridiculous. he was like Will Chamberlain out there, just just balling, like just balling. And I, he definitely has the talent. Um, he definitely is like out of the the um, the the these big men that are in the league right now. Like he definitely is like at the top of that that tier uh, mm-hmm. where he's the best offensive 
Lee. And also, he's got the defense to him, too, where he can block your shots, challenge you at the rim, those type of things. But um, like you mentioned, to win MVP most times, um, unless you're Westbrook and average a triple-double, you know, your team has to finish in at least top three in in your conference, more than likely first or second, um, realistically. Um, So uh, with that in mind, uh, also LeBron, I thought uh, kind of could be in there. Um, I, I, I like him going to LA. I think that whole narrative, I think he's going to go in there super motivated. Uh, I think that team, as much as people are making fun of that roster, which it is a, a, a little, a, a little weird. Uh, I got, I got, I got mad jokes for that roster. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, it is. It's going to be interesting to really, to watch that play out. Cause like, yeah, that, that's, that can either explode and go horribly wrong or um, it can overachieve and go way better than people think. Um, hey, they, they are, the Lakers are a Laval, LeVar Ball comment away. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, he's been quiet, which I think is um, – I think something's been said to him because he's been real quiet. You know Magic pulled him to the side. Oh, for sure. You already know. He probably had him tied to a chair, and somebody probably took a syringe out of Magic arm and put it up to his <laughs> – you don't want these problems. Yeah. It's like, you going to shut up. You going to shut the fuck up. But it's the real, just on deck. Oh, man. That was wrong. I love Magic Johnson. That's <laughs> Magic at heat. Yeah. All right, anyway. Hey. Yeah. Um, all right, yeah. So, but again, going back to, to where you finish your conference, I just, I, I think the Lakers will be improved. I definitely think they'll be in the playoffs. But top two in the West, top three in the West, no. Mm-mm. You still got Golden State. You got Houston, who I think are going to be holding down the top two. Um, yeah. From there, can they grab a three? Mm, I mean, I, I mean, they're, they're not better than they're not going to be better than Oklahoma City. They're I don't even think they're better than Portland. Mm. Uh, they so we're, we're going what. We're going Warriors, Rockets, Rockets, OKC. Yep. I still say Portland because Portland was like fucking three seed last year. Um, I mean, you can't forget Utah. Who? Yeah, Utah. They're not. They're not better than Utah. Um, So they're literally battling for six through eight. Yeah. Yeah. Because I I think that's 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 where they're gonna fall. Um, Yeah, it's. At best case scenario, with with like God shining down on them six seed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I mean, they'll be improved. Like I said, they'll they'll be a playoff team. I, I just don't. Uh, yeah, I can. I can. They would have to really overachieve to to grab that three spot in the West. In, in Absolutely. My in my opinion. Absolutely. Uh, so I just, I just don't think they got the roster for it. Yeah. Not yet. Not yet. Um, so yeah, I think LeBron's going to ball out this year, but I, I, I think he's going to fall short of an MVP. Um, so then I went over to the Eastern conference. Cause like you said, Eastern conference, you've got a little bit of an easier road there and you, you, you want to see somebody come in again from, from one of those top teams. So, mm-hmm. uh, I looked at, uh, first Giannis. So again, like, 
like LeBron, mm. I think Giannis is going to take a jump this year. Um, I mean, I've seen him working on his three-point shot. I've seen him, um, you know, working out with Kobe this summer. Um, I I know they got a new coach over there who who um, is trying to run more of like a up-tempo offense. Uh, I think the Bucks have some pieces too. Uh, Chris Middleton, um, not huge. Yeah, if he can stay yeah. healthy, he he can ball. Um, yeah. Not really the biggest fan of Eric Bledsoe, but I mean, he's all right. Um, yeah. I, I, I but again, I think the issue with them is will they be a top two, three seed in the East? Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard for me to say yes. Uh, like in the in the East, I've got um, you know. Boston's going to be there. Philly's going to be there. Toronto's going to be there. Then I could possibly see a Milwaukee, a Washington, um, one of those type of teams kind of sliding in after that. So uh, I think, again, I think he's going to take another jump this year. I think he's going to be improved over where he's been. But I just don't think he's going to have the seeding at the end to to get that MVP this year. So then I went to... Um, Kyrie, like you mentioned, um, dude's, dude's a baller, man. Uh, you know, he was hurt last year for a portion of the season. Um, but he, he, you know, he went there, he balled out. He's Boston's clearly their, their number one player. I think if Boston wants to have the type of year they want to have and, and challenge for a championship, it's going to rest, um, largely on Kyrie. Everybody else is going to play, you know, a key role in that too. But um, Kyrie having a, um, a stellar season is is really what's going to put them in, in that position to 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 compete for a championship. Um, only thing I, with Kyrie is like you know he he can get buckets, you know he's clutch, but he for me like if you're a point guard, you got to have the assist to back it up and. I mean, oh, over God. over his career, man, Ky- Kyrie's only averaged um, about five and a half assists a game. Um, and, like, I mean. That's a, that's a very fair knock. That's a fair knock because that's something I've actually said in the past about him too. So, yeah. I just, yeah. I, I, again, offensively, like, I think he, he can go out and this year he can average, um, you know, 26, 27 a game. Um, but you know, if you're only getting me five assists, you're not really doing much outside of scoring for me. Uh, I don't know. I need a little more than that. So, I mean, D D Rose, similar numbers when he got his MVP. Yeah, you're right. And I mean, I honestly, but like, you but you make a you make a fair argument. I mean, for somebody that's as established as him as the premier position in the league right now, yeah, you got to do more than four or five assists a game. Yeah, yeah, I, I, especially as a point guard, but um, yeah. but like you said, Derrick Rose had similar numbers, and and like offense is glorified. Like, right. they're not really gonna necessarily take in defensive stats unless you're an Anthony Davis getting like four or yeah. five blocks a game. Then they'll take that into consideration. But like, yeah, for the most part, um, they're gonna look at what did you do offensively, and yeah. where do those numbers look. And, T- and Tatum, Tatum might actually take away from his numbers too. Yeah, I think, and, and also uh, Hayward coming back. I think that's gonna. Yeah. Oh fuck! Forgot about that. I might have to. 
might have to change mine back to Joel as <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think I think those are two couple things that are gonna kind of um hurt a little bit for him. Um so then uh I, I circled circled back around and stayed in the east, but um Kawhi Leonard is, is actually who, who I'm going with. I told you. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was that was a good guess. That was a good guess. Um I think he's got all the motivation in the world this year to go out mm-hmm. and just just play basketball, just um, yeah. dominate. And um, I think he's in the right place to do that. I think he's got the right, you know, um, motivation to do that. Um, and, you know, he's making that switch from the west to the east. So, yeah. you know, it, it's going to get a, a little bit easier for him. He's not going to have to – go through the powerhouse of the West every night. He's going to have some softer matchups in the East. Um, So, I mean, like the last time he was – Especially at his conference. His conference is weak. Yeah, right. I mean, the the Raptors, they got the – well, the Celtics are in in the same conference as them. Are are the Celtics in this? They – at least they used to be. Did it – yeah, yeah. Because I know they got – They're in there with a – no, it's not the nah, thing. Yeah, nah. it's, they got yeah, shit, they and Philly. And Philly. Uh, yeah. Oof. Yeah, so they'll, they, they'll, 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 be, they'll have some tough games. But uh, yeah. they can pad it with the Knicks and the Nets, though. Uh, so, yeah, yeah that, that's true. <laughs> but, um, I mean, so the last yeah. time Kawhi was fully healthy a couple of years ago, he averaged almost 26 a game, um, you know, almost four assists, two steals, like, I just think, like, he's just going to come back and, and be able to duplicate, if not add on to those numbers. Um, yeah. And he's one of those players, too, where they're going to look at what he does offensively, but he, he he brings so much to the table defensively, too, that I think his defensive statistics will be taken into consideration. And um, I think Toronto will be um, in that conversation as a top-two seed in the East. Uh, yeah, they- he, I mean, and realistically, he is an upgrade. He's a better Demar Derozan for sure. Yeah, no question. And he'll be far. He'll be far more consistent. So, yeah, I, I could definitely see if they're if they finish like top two, because I mean they finish, they finish. Uh, what were they number two? Were they, they number two last year? They were. They were one last year. Were they? Yeah, yeah, they were number one. Oh shit! And if you can do that with Rosen, oh yeah, yeah, I can definitely, I could see that. So uh-huh. yeah, I'm I'm gonna stick to my pick, but I could I wouldn't be surprised with with Kawhi. Yeah, that's a good pick. Yeah, that that's my pick. So let's go from there. Let's go. Um, who you got for rookie of the year? Uh, rookie of the year, man, I'm stuck. Um, I'm going. I'm just gonna go on a leap of faith. I'm I'm gonna say uh, Trey Young. Trey Young. Um, okay. Yeah, just because I think I, at first I was thinking, um, you know, Luka Doncic. Yeah. Uh, yep. Just because the yeah, the experience. I mean, he was killed it. You know, Euro, you know, Euro League and all that. Uh, like, I really, 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 really want to say Luka Doncic. Mm-hmm. Um, but Trey Young has found his his NBA shot. You know, he struggled. I watched him like almost every preseason that came on. Um, you know, if the game went on, I watched the highlights, and I watched him try to find his stroke with NBA range, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and he's like, he's got it. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he's got it. He like, he's found his stroke, you know, within the, you know, the NBA range. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just, he just hit a, 
ridiculous. I saw that. Damn near half court. Three, like, pulled up. Wasn't like a, a tossed up half court shot. Like, a man pulled up from the from the logo with a regular jump shot and hit that three. I saw like, that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I just think, and he has a he has a chance because again we talk about how weak the East is, right. and realistically the we <clears throat> the East really isn't that weak. It's just like you know five through. It's like you know who your four are gonna be. Oh yeah, you know? for sure. There's there's it's, like, it's top heavy. <clears throat> yeah, it, it's it's super top heavy. <clears throat> I think the East has for a few years has been like that. Where it's like you know at minimum you knew who one through three was. Now you know who like one through four maybe five is mm-hmm. um and they're good and they're really good teams um but after that it's like who you know who can get it? you got miami you know you can you got miami i mean possibly you know remember when atlanta was the number one seed a few years ago with that whack ass mm-hmm. roster yeah right yeah yeah you know? al horford and those boys yeah yeah, it was like Al, it was Al Horford and the Temptations, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> so like you can't name you can't name nobody. I can name two people from that roster, which was Al Horford and Dennis and Dennis Schroeder. Yeah, wasn't Josh Smith? Was Josh Smith on that team? No, nah, he wasn't even on that. Oh, team. he was gone. Okay. Yeah, yeah I don't even know. Paul Millsap, the, the motherfucking it. Paul Millsap. There you go. There you go. Yeah. There's one. Yeah. So, yeah, it, essentially. If they got there like that, like I think he has a he has a chance to get them to respectability, and you don't need to you don't need to make the playoffs to be a rookie of the year because LeBron was rookie of the year and Cleveland didn't go to the playoffs in his rookie year, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. which which was a robbery that should have went to Carmelo because he took the Nuggets to the playoffs. I but, I, I agree one hundred percent. Yeah, but um, I I want to say Luca. I think it's Luca Doncic is a smart pick. I'm just gonna go. I'm I'm gonna risk it. I'm gonna risk it all, and I'm gonna put. I'm gonna say Trey Young. Nah, yeah, you made a good point there. Like, yeah, he. I feel like he is going to be out of the rookies. Like, he's on a team with no expectations. Uh, yeah. So, Primary ball handler. He's gonna yeah. be their go-to scorer. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I feel like he's just gonna have the ultimate green light. Go out there and just uh, do you. Oh right? yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, you know, and with Doncic, you still got what I look at. What might hold him back is you still got Dennis Smith Jr., who is only in his second year, True. and and you got and Dirk is still playing, right? You know, right. and you got and Harrison Barnes is still on the team. So I look at him not get, getting as many looks, you know. When I think like he's got all the talent in the world, like the boy is cold, but yeah, I just think I think his roster holds him back as opposed to Trey Young, who's like. Look, man, just go on, do, do what you do. You know, <laughs> like just help, help, just sell some tickets. Like, yeah. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just you know, especially in Atlanta, like that's all they want is people in the building. That's it. Yeah, that, um, literally. That if Gucci and Quavo show up, it's a good night. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Man, um, you made a lot of good points there. Um, boy, I, I, I'm going Luca, man. I'm, I'm, I'm going, I'm going Dachi. And um, I think uh, he – so, like, the European league he played in, I know, is, like, one of the most competitive leagues in mm-hmm. Europe. Um, so he was going against, like, top talent every single night. He was stepping onto the floor. And everything I've read is, like, he, he was dominant um, yeah. against those men that he was playing against. 
Um, and I, I, everything I've seen from him from summer league to preseason, uh, I just think like he, he just, he has, he, I think he's got a little bit more of a maturity too from his background of playing in that uh-huh. league where yeah. he can kind of just step into the professionals and just, um, it's not like there's, there's going to be an adjustment obviously from Europe to the NBA game, but right. like not as major of an adjustment as like some of these college kids have to make going to the NBA, you know, um, I think he he's gonna come in and uh, yeah you, you do you make good point Dennis Smith Jr. I think you know coming into his second year I think um, he's gonna have to show a little bit of improvement so that could kind of take away from some of his touches there um, but yeah I mean outside of that I mean yeah you know I know you still got Dirk there so he's he's still gonna command the ball a little bit. But, mm-hmm. like, I think the offense is going to kind of run through Luka in a way. Like, I think he's going to be, like, more of, like, a setup guy. Like, didn't allow Dennis Smith to play off the ball a little bit. Use up, uses athleticism. And Luka kind of run the offense and find the open man and then knock down shots when he has the opportunity. Um, so, yeah, yeah I, I just think um, – he he's gonna come in and and find success right away, and I, I think you made some really good points for Trey Young. Uh, I think there's gonna be nights where he's gonna tear it up. Like I think he he probably will have. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised a few nights if I look up and he's dropped forty. Um, yeah, easy. But then I wouldn't be surprised if I look up a few nights and he's got six. <laughs> like, nah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, go, going one for eleven from three and shit. Like mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, yeah, man. My my pick is Luca. It's, it's gonna Luka. be, you know, and it's gonna be dope to watch. Like I've been wanting to watch him because I remember they held him back. He didn't play like a lot of preseason. Yeah, he didn't. You know, he didn't. No, no, no. Stress that summer, summer league. league. He didn't he play didn't. in the summer league. He didn't. Yeah, that's yeah. when I was. I I've seen a couple preseason highlights. Yeah, summer league. He didn't play at all. They didn't yeah. have to play. Something. Yeah. Like I I really want to watch him. Like you know, first regular season game. I think he's gonna be dope too. So yeah, yeah. I can get with that. Yeah. yeah. All right, man. So, like, let, let's shift gears a little bit. Um, there always is a team that, that comes in, got some expectations coming into the season, doesn't meet expectations, comes out slow, and the coach gets fired. So, yeah. in, in your opinion, um, who's the first coach you see being fired this season in the league? Man. Probably... It's gonna be it's gonna be crazy, man. Um, I'm gonna have to go with because see, there's coaches with no expectations. Yes, you know, and you got people that's because it's easy to say, you know, like the Brooklyn Nets coach, (laughs) right, right, or the Kings or some shit. Like, yeah, of course you would fire them loser ass motherfuckers. Exactly. Um, Yeah, but they ain't got no expectation. They just really building on stuff on. You know, they've had minor successes. Right. You know, I, I actually think Brooklyn can make a playoff push. Um, but a, a push. I ain't say it was going, though. <laughs> um, no, no. I'm, I'm not, I, don't, I, don't agree, I don't disagree with that. I think the first coach to get fired, and it ain't necessarily got to be at the beginning or halfway through, I think the first coach to get fired might be Tom Thibodeau. Ooh, Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I, yeah, like yeah. he's, you know, one, Tom Tudor, like, 
if if you play for him, like get you a solid life insurance policy. Tom <laughs> 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 Tulo is going to kill you. He literally almost killed Luau Deng, and the fact that Luau Deng is on that roster again amazes me. Literally, because Luau Deng literally, if y'all, if your listeners here. You was in Chicago with me when all that yeah, shit was going on. I remember out. that, yeah. Yes. Lou Alting literally almost died. Yeah. Like, that's not, that's not even a joke. Like, yeah. He, yes, that is not a joke. Yeah. Lou Alting, thankfully, is still with us. The man almost died for real. Yes. And it's because of Tom Thibodeau. Yeah. Um, I just, you know, he's, a, he's an old school voice in, in, a, in a new school NBA uh, that he's got Two, he's got two players that should be like realistically, the Timberwolves should be beating the shit out of almost everybody. Be. Like if we're if we're talking about from a pure talent standpoint, <clears throat> a pure talent standpoint, Carl Anthony Towns is arguably the best center in the NBA. Yep. Andrew Wiggins was before Jimmy Butler got there, Andrew Wiggins was a monster. Mm-hmm. But they didn't have nothing else. <coughs> you know? Right. Right. They they had nothing else. So um then you add Jimmy to that. And I don't fault Jimmy for being pissed off because if you got all that talent and Jimmy sees how good they are. But he knows how dope they are. And what they could be, and they even got um, who the fuck's the point guard? Um, oh Teague, yeah, yep. I was like, you got you got a dope best point guard in Teague. He ain't no all star, but he damn near. Yep. Like he's he's a very good starting point. For you sure. know, if you if you need a point guard, yeah. Um, they they build a solid bench. You got you got Taj Gibson who's still doing Taj Gibson things. Like mm-hmm. they they got it, but they just can't do it. Yeah. No. And, right. Right. And Tibbs and he and Tibbs runs the players into the ground. He damn near kills people. Yep. And it worked for a couple years with the Bulls. You know, mm-hmm. but he was probably the reason fucking Derrick Rose is Derrick Rose mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. You know, but he's you know, he's got he's got so much control as far as front office and on the court, mm-hmm. that failure will solely fall on him. Yep. And to have that much talent and that much control over your roster, and they're probably not going to make the playoffs. Yeah. Because uh, they're going to get rid of Jimmy Butler, and clearly Towns and Wiggins are like just happy to be there, just happy to be getting checks. Right. So right. I, I think Tibbs could be the, the next one out. Yeah, no, that's that's a that's a good that's a good choice, cause yeah, um, like you said, um, this whole Jimmy Butler saga is is just nuts. Um, yeah. <clears throat> but the latest I I saw today was like they had a meeting, and basically Jimmy with the players only, and and basically like Jimmy was talking like he'll be there. Um, so like you said too with like Tom, like I think he knows like success. It's either he's gonna have to have a, a successful year. Or he's out yeah. the door, and Absolutely. I think that's one of the reasons he's hesitant to trade Jimmy because he knows if Jimmy goes, 
they and they they have to start relying more on Towns and Wiggins. That formula is not going to work. And then if they don't get a player similar to Jimmy back, as far as like the the type of player Jimmy is, and then the type of drive Mm -hmm. that Jimmy has, uh, again, teaming that 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 player up with Towns and Wiggins might not uh, produce the the results that Thibodeau needs to keep his job. Because um, yeah, I, I don't I don't necessarily think he's all that well liked in the Minnesota circles. Yeah. Um, and I, I think they they would welcome any reason to to kind of let him go. Right. Um, Let's and, also put this out here too. Jimmy Butler's in no position to be yelling at motherfuckers. He really, um, I mean, yeah. Like Jimmy just got good like three years ago. For real, for real. Like he, he I, I get it. Like. He he was he was a second round pick, right? Or late, no, he was first. Late, he, he, late was, first he was late first. Late first yeah. round pick. So I get it. Like he he worked his ass off to to get and maximize his talent level. Like I understand that. Absolutely. Yeah. But I mean, he he had the situation in Chicago too, where like him and Dwayne Wade were um, on one side of the locker room, mm-hmm. and then Rondo and all the other players were on the other side of the locker room because. Like the, the the way that Jimmy and Wade were carrying themselves, um, the rest of the team wasn't vibing with that. So yeah. I think, yeah, it's it's really I think it's Jimmy. Jimmy, it plays a big role in this. I think it's a part of his personality. Like mm-hmm. this is the second time something like this has happened. So I, I think it comes down to like he's playing a role in this too. And yeah, I mean, like. It, it's funny to read about his behavior and like and that type of stuff, but like, yeah, like you you don't you don't see LeBron doing that if he's not happy. Right. You don't see um, Melo. You don't see players that are are stars. You know, doing those type of things. I mean, and when they do, it's because you know I've seen the video of Kobe in practice. You know, you you hear the shit about you know Jordan. Like just pretty much whooping ass, yeah. Uh, in practice, and, you know, and I'm sure LeBron and them they get on their teammates, but you know they come at it from a place of like, you know, we riding together, and I want you to, you know, to be your best, right? As as opposed to Jimmy, who I'm sure wants them to be their best, but Jimmy just don't like him, and you know, it, he it's not coming from a place of, I man, I. You know, we in this together, and I want you. I want to see you do great. It's like, fuck y'all. Mm-hmm. You need. He said himself. He's like, y'all need. He's like, y'all need me. Mm-hmm. You know, like he's like, uh, like Dwayne Martin from above the rim. Like, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. just. You no, know, he's coming from a place of ego. Yep. And. Yep. Yeah. 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 So the coach that I think will will most likely be fired first. Um, mm-hmm. I. It's down. It's down to two coaches for me. Uh, one from the east, one from the west. Uh, from the east, it's um, the the Wizards coach Scott Brooks. Um, mm. I, I just think like the Wizards for now, like three four years, have had the talent. You know, John Wall, Brad Beal, yeah. um, Oubre. Uh, they they have Otto Porter Jr. Yeah, they've got it. Yeah. They've got a little squad, especially in the east, like. They got a little squad, but they always seem to underachieve. They always seem to have little issues going on in the locker room. Last year was like um, John Wall and Mark Gortat. Uh, 
having a little issue. Mm-hmm. I've heard that Wall and Beal don't necessarily get along all that well off the court. Don't re- don't really have an off the court type of relationship. It's more of a business relationship, which is fine. But yeah. um, they they have the talent to to be a top three team in the East, and they just always seem to underachieve. Um, so I think this year that he's going to be held to uh, to to trying to uh, actually maximize their, their potential and their talent. And I think if he can't do that, I think he's going to be on a short leash, and they're gonna they're gonna get rid of him. Um, I actually think the same thing for Portland's coach, Terry Stotts. I think, um, Portland, same thing, same thing. And I think, I think like if I were to, to say, which in my opinion is a better coach, I think Stotts is a good coach. Uh, Brooks, he's all right, but, um, I think Stotts is a good coach. And I think that the Blazers roster outside of Lillard and outside of McCullum, yeah. It's just some, a lot of average players, and yeah. he's getting, I feel like, maximizing that roster's potential, but, like, there's only so many years that you can do that. Eventually, like, your, your team's going to bottom out, and mm-hmm. I think this year might be that year. So if I were to pick one, it would be, I think, Terry Stotts, and I think Terry Stotts um, because – and this will kind of lead us into our last topic. Uh, the player I think will demand to be traded next. I think it's going to be Terry Stotts because I think Damian Lillard is going to be the next player to demand a trade. And that's going to um, put the Blazers at a, a, a much weaker position than they are now. And yeah. they're, they're not going to achieve the results that they want. Um, and they're going to, you know, eventually get rid of Stotts, I think, uh, if, if Lillard goes that route. Um, so, yeah, like I said, uh, last topic we have here is, is the last player that uh, we expect to be to demand a trade. So, like we've already discussed with the whole Jimmy Butler fiasco, uh, he's demanded a trade now. Man, it's been, been three, four weeks now um, that he's demanded a trade, met with – the Timberwolves front office, Tom Thibodeau, and um, basically keeps reiterating his point that he he wants to be out of it. Um, went into practice the other day and just um, showed his ass a little bit. Um, <laughs> apparently got the third stringers off the bench and, and, and beat the first stringers in the scrimmage a couple times. Um so, you know, he, he's really trying to make his point that um, he doesn't want to be there. And uh, it's because he doesn't see the effort and the drive out of players that he feels like have more talent than him and Carl Anthony Towns and, and Andrew Wiggins. And, um, you know, he doesn't want to be there. So, yeah. um, like I said, my choice for the next player to, to be uh, to demand a trade is going to be Damian Lillard. Again, because I feel like the Blazers uh, are going to take a step back this year. I think they've tried to make this Lillard uh, McCollum pairing work. I think now this is going into either year four or year five with this pairing. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I just don't think that they can do any better than they've done. Um, yeah. And they're in a place where they don't have a lot of cap space. They can't really bring on a, a big time free agent. If they make any any moves, it's going to have to be via trade, and they don't really have 
players outside of Lillard or McCollum that teams want like that. Um, So, yeah, I I think there's been talk of him uh, wanting to get out, and he's always denied it. But uh, I think this is the year where he's going to say, you know, it's time. And um, they're going to ship him off uh, where? Possibly L.A., I think. But, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's my choice, Damian Lillard. So, um, what about you? Uh, also, Damian Lillard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That was that was actually my choice. Uh, yeah, for those for those reasons you name and and you know I think Lillard <clears throat> one has seen that you know his he's given his prime years. There, there is is tough to give your prime years in the Western Conference these days because you know. You know you're not going nowhere. When KD was on CJ McCollum's podcast, and he was like, "Y'all know y'all not winning." You know, <laughs> like you Cloudy. know you don't, you ain't on no championship team. Clouded, and CJ can you know save face and say like, "Nah, you know you're wrong," but you know, right? Oh yeah, you know. I mean, you know you're not better than the Warriors. You know you're yeah. not better than the Rockets. You know, either Utah coming for that ass, like. I mean, so they you, got swept by the Pelicans in the playoffs last year. Like, bro, Pelicans, no Vaseline from the Pelicans. Yeah. Dry. Yeah. AD gave it to him every night, didn't even kiss him in the morning. That's how bad it was. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like it's just, you when you are a star in the West and you know you have a ceiling that – you are not going to break through. Mm-hmm. It's like why are we wait while we wasting time. And for a moment, it looked like the Blazers had they were putting things in place where it's like they were literally like you one person away from really being legit contenders. Right. You know, because right. get Dame. Yeah, CJ. He even got um what's her boy like Nukic? Uh Nurk yeah, Nurkic. Yep. They got they got, yep. Nur- they got Nurkic who, you know, he was balling last year. Uh yep. So you had that in play. They just had no like the bench is weak. It's like when you take them off the court, like it's downhill. So they haven't really built up the second. They didn't build up the second unit, and you know you doing you fighting it. It's kind of like the Blazers. Their chant, their window was was literally like four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I just don't see it. He's. I think he definitely wants out. Um, whether he go and honestly, I don't know if he if he stays west. To tell you the truth, mm-hmm. um, like what you, what you gonna do? You ain't. And, I mean, if LeBron is there, like if the opportunity to go to the Lakers is there, and the Lakers are willing to part with, they Lakers gonna have to come. They gonna have to come up off of. But Dave Lonzo. Lillard, Lonzo, Lonzo was always on the table. When, yeah. when they discuss trade, like, dude, if somebody take Lazo, like they they are gladly going to ship him off. Yeah, um, yeah. But it would be it's literally going to be like they're going to have to come up with Lazo at minimum, Lazo Ingram and a draft pick. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the only team I could realistically see him going to and staying in the West. Yeah, to actually give him a chance. Uh, otherwise, like, I think I think he goes east. I could I could see him. 
Because honestly, when you talk about point guards for the most like for the Lakers, I, shit, I, they probably gonna get Kimball Walker because Kimball Walker's free agent after this year. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, because yeah, I was thinking about him. But I'm like, he don't have to demand a trade because he's gone anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but I could see Dame going east and possibly, you know, my Miami. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to see him come to Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that would be nuts. Uh, it ain't gonna happen though. Don't nobody want to come to Chicago right now. Except <laughs> Zach but yeah, like I, I see him, I see him going east, and yeah, just, just having like a, at least a chance. <laughs> you know, yeah. going no, that's, that's... Yeah, no. west, you have zero chance. East, yeah, no, in, you're right. Yeah, in the east, you at least got a shot. So you're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, I've heard him link to the Knicks too. I just, yeah, I don't know if the Knicks have the assets to trade to get a Damian Lillard. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I just don't see that happening. But, yeah, no, that's a good point. Uh, going to the East would definitely be the smart move there. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. That, that, that's, who I, that's who I see on the trade block. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's our NBA preview here on the Millennial Black Dad podcast. Um, that's also – Round two of Black and Yellow uh, <laughs> featuring myself, Aaron Mayo, and Nate Sneed. The yellow guy. Um, yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. So, um, yeah, Nate, man, I appreciate you uh, jumping on. Absolutely. And uh, we'll do it again next month, man. Sounds like a plan, man. All right. Thank you. Thank, thank you, listeners out there. Thanks for listening to me rant and my, my crazy ideas and thoughts. Uh, look forward to talking more shit next time. Yes, sir. Yes, sir, man. Always a good time, bro. Absolutely. Go Bears, 3-1. Number one seed. Fuck y'all. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll leave you with that. Yep. <laughs> All right, bro. Uh, peace. Peace.